Welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. Today we have Steve, Steve Boardman on. How are you doing, Steve? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very good. It's actually really cool to meet you. We've, I mean, we just met you before the podcast, and you've said that you run a testimony uh, mission field on TV or TV series, and uh, you've just launched, really, which is really cool. What is that, what is that called? Yeah, so um, brand new baby. Uh, and it's called Ignite TV. Uh, we have a YouTube platform, awesome. uh, Facebook platform, uh, Instagram platform, and um, awesome. Yeah, so it's a brand new venture, all wow. based around very similar to what you guys are, are doing yeah. here, but with a visual um, visual aspect. Yeah, so just really excited about uh, what God wants to do with that. And um, come on, yeah, and that's it's all testimony based, um, sharing yeah you know, experiences and and personal experiences like yep. what we've journeyed through in our lives and what other people have journeyed through in their lives and so wow. yeah it's, it's just a that is so cool yeah i mean there's something so powerful about a testimony because it's it's the real stuff that that we've experienced today i mean i'm all for the bible and reading the stories that jesus did 2000 years ago but there's some real power when you see jesus moving today oh 100% you know? like yeah. that's just takes it to the next level. And, um, yeah, on this podcast, you know, we've seen uh, real miracles. You know, we've had cancer disappear. Wow. We've had um, uh, real-life resurrections on this wow. podcast. So, Amen. you know, you get that sort of stuff, and people see angels and demons, and it just it's no longer a story. Yeah. This is the real deal, and, and God's good, God's big. And um, yeah, I just I take my hat off to anybody that's doing a mission, you know. And I love seeing one so similar to ours. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And I I just think um, in terms of um, where people are at at the moment, I think there's a lot of people out there spiritually seeking at the moment. Yeah, come on. And yeah. and and where are people at the moment? Mm. You know, um, it, you know, not everyone will set foot in a church. Yeah, that's just the facts. Yeah. And where where is everyone at the moment? They're well, on there's the line. not a church everywhere as well. No, exactly. Like, yeah. You could be in some back country way down the yeah. road and there's no church for 100 kilometers. Yeah, so, so the reach is just, mm. we're so much more effective of our reach if we can, yeah. you know, be on these platforms, mm. sharing our gospel, sharing the gospel, mm. sharing, um, you know, real life stories. Yeah. Having it's a, so good. Having a, a rawness and a realness to, yeah. to life. You know? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested, obviously, in Steve's ministries, we'll have links in the description, so make sure you go check that out. But let's start with you, Steve. You know, like, who are you? Have you always been a Christian? Um, tell us a little bit about your journey to the faith. Okay. Um, I'll start right at the beginning, eh? All right. So, Born at a young age? Yeah, born <laughs> born as a baby. <laughs> um, I was actually born in, um, in the UK, in um, Plymouth, Devon. Um, and um, my first real hurdle in life was at four months old. So we're going right back, right? Oh wow! But yeah, yeah. I, I I had meningitis at a young age wow. and got really sick um, at four months old. Yeah. And um, my dad, so basically, my mum and dad knew I wasn't well because I wasn't eating mm. food and just a little bit off color. And the doctor came around and said, "Oh, it's just a flu. He's fine, mm. etc." But then um, my dad reckons a little voice told him, "No, there's not. There's something not right with your son. Uh, get the doctor back." Because mm. this was in the days when doctors used to. I'm 
showing my age, man, used to ride on bikes to your house. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know I look young, bro, but that, that was what happened. So, <laughs> anyway, so the doctor comes back home and then um, he's like, nah, you're right. He's really unwell. So they rushed me to hospital and turns out I had meningococcal. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so the side effects of that was it left me with a, a bad eye and a little bit of um, neurological problems growing up. And, um, okay. yeah, so that was my start to life. Because you got a pretty um, – isn't that, like, extremely rare to come back from meningitis? Um, yeah, people do survive and people do live life. Um, mm. But you've got to catch it at the right moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, because right. if you don't catch it, it can be fatal, especially mm. in infants and, and young kids. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah, it can be pretty serious if it's not dealt with yeah. straight away. Oh, so they they just had the caught it at the right time for you and had the medication and sort of got you through it, but it did have long lasting effects. It did have long lasting effects. I mean, wow. my mum tells me a story about a drip being in my head and all this sort of stuff trying to um, drain fluid from my brain and oh. such a little 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 baby. Yeah. Obviously, I can't remember it because I'm yeah. four months old, but. There's always trauma attached to things like that, right? Yep. And, um, you know, so that was the start of my life was attached by trauma. I mean, mm. the good thing about it and the, and the and sort of the the God factor in that is I really believe it was the Holy Spirit telling my dad mm. to call the doctor again. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So your parents, they were followers of Christ. No, so my parents aren't Christians. Oh, wow, yeah. so you got the Holy Spirit talking to, you know, just a, a, an unbeliever. Yeah, see, I'm a massive believer that the Holy Spirit can talk to anyone. Yeah, come like, on. Regardless whether you're Christian or non-Christian. Oh, he can, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's in the, with, with Moses even, you know, when he hardens Pharaoh's heart, you know, that sort of thing. And to be fair, you're not always a believer at the start. No. So for you to get introduced to Christ, he has to talk to you through the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So you always start off as an unbeliever, anyway. So yeah, I believe in that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What happened after all that? Then? So um, obviously, um, going through my childhood, just had a few little barriers to get over. Had probably about five or six eye operations to correct the the squint in my eye, and in and out of hospital from a young age. So it affected me. Uh, I'd say it affected my education a little bit, and it affected my start to life. So. Mm. Basically went through life struggling, you know, with reading and writing and all that sort of care. Mm. There might be someone listening today that is dyslexic or struggles mm. with reading and writing and stuff, you know. And um, yeah, and so after after that time, um, you know, you, you get to twelve, thirteen years old, and you've had all your struggles and all this sort of stuff. But the the whole time I was a child, I would say that. I, for some reason, I always believed in God. Mm. So I remember being six years old, sitting on the stairs at our house and asking my mum, hey, mum, what does God look like? Mm. Like, have you seen God's face? Like trying to... That core is in there from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I have never doubted mm. there was a God. That's awesome. Without living... With, 
with having no external influence. That's amazing. Yeah. Like you didn't have anybody at school or anything like that. There was a, some the weird Christian kid. I was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are normally the best. You know, you have, um, <laughs> your mum's normally really good at baking and, you know, yeah. you can get some good um, snacks off you guys at lunchtime. Yeah, that's it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> You're real generous, eh? <laughs> yeah. You have to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Um, so, yeah, I was asking... Um, you know, what, what does God look like, Mum? And just asking all these curious questions around God. And then at the age of uh, five, we moved to New Zealand. And um, so started school in New Zealand. And I remember um, being eight years old and there was a, like a, we lived in an area called Bayview. I went to Bayview Primary in Glenfield. Yeah, Glenfield. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so we, there was a, a Christian group every Thursday night, and it was called Three O'Clock Rock. I don't know Three you, O'Clock Rock. Three O'Clock Rock, man. Nah. That's what I was called. And it was enough. I'm struggling to, to to figure out how old you are. Yeah. you got one of those real young faces. Yeah. but Moisturizer, man. <laughs> every day, daily routine of moisturizer. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Manuka honey is good for you too, man, you know. Yeah. Have it in your tea every day. Keeps you youthful. <laughs> um, I've got four children, by the way. Really? Yeah. Four, oh wow! Four kids, so that gives you an indication of my age. Yeah. Mind you, I drive a very immature car, so it's probably why you're trying. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> it's probably why you're trying to figure it all out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'd go to this after-school group called Three O'clock Rock, and uh, I think in memory, I can't ever remember like the gospel being preached, but I remember Christians being there and telling us about. Jesus and all this sort of stuff. So I think from a young age, um, being around that environment, you sort of understand, hey, this is this mm. is my tribe. This is what I belong to. Yeah. And um, so that was my first sort of experience of. You actually felt at home when you saw that. Yeah, because I just remember those people just being so loving and caring, and mm. um, I mean, you know, I've I've got some really cool memories of in my childhood of that. You know, like going to three o'clock rock and grabbing a cordio and a biscuit and it was on this old wooden polished floor and we would do slides down it and Michael Jackson moves and <laughs> you know all that sort of stuff and awesome. as a little kid and I just remember it being just so loving and welcoming mm. and um and just a, a good community to be part of mm. and that was every Thursday night awesome. um, as a child so if you're a kids worker out there mm. you don't know the seeds you're sowing right it's, yeah, it's um, true. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do that work and they don't even realize until probably 30 years later how powerful it is. Hey, it's just, you never know. Keep yeah. going. You just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like if you're a kid's worker, you're planting seeds into kids' hearts, mm. which may not blossom for another 20 years, but it may blossom one day. You yeah. Know? So. And you could be planting the seed of the next Smith Wigglesworth or something like that. Yeah. You just have no idea. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, by the way. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he was like the first Christian in his family, eh? Like no, none of his parents or anything like that were Christians. And then he's just made this legacy of what, you know, God told him to do. Very simple. And um, now we're five generations after his death. And you've got this amazing family legacy 
but who was the person that planted the seed in Smith Wigglesworth? Imagine the applause in heaven yeah. when that person comes in. Yeah, you know, that's like, like yeah. that. That's credit to that person too for everybody that Smith Wigglesworth saved. Is credit to the person that um, introduced the Holy Spirit to Smith. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What ended up happening um, after that? So you're in your early childhood years. Childhood years, and then yeah. after that, um, um. Yeah, that skipped forward to like um, form two, and um, obviously um, still have a real belief in God. And then I remember, do you remember form two, uh, form one and two speeches? You do your two minute speech. Do you yep. guys remember that? Yeah, I got out of mind, but yeah. Did you? It, what a ledge! And now you speak for a living. <laughs> How sort of you? bit me in the butt, didn't it? Yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> ironic, isn't it? You know, like, it is. yeah. Skipping Form 1 and 2 speeches, and now you make a living speaking. I mean, fantastic, mate. Yeah, I could have been a lot better at it by now if I just stayed. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, no, you're awesome at this, man. Um, so there was a friend of mine, I uh, actually mentioned it on Episode 2 of Ignite TV, um, how he was in Form 2, and he gets up for his two-minute speech, and he, he just gives the gospel message. Oh, come on. Yeah. So like a 12-year-old kid, uh, his name was Anthony, yeah. and um, he just stands up and he... So this is at your school? Yeah. Wow. At Glenfield Intermediate. And um, he stands up in Form 2 and just shares what Jesus did on the cross. Just That's raw awesome. gospel. Wow. And, just, and then he says at the end of his speech, hey, if you want to um, know more about God, just come and talk to me at the interval. Wow. So it triggered my heart because obviously I was a little kid, yeah, knowing there was a God, and for some reason I believe I had a supernatural pull, like, pull mm-hmm. to, to God. And then when he mentioned that, I was like, "Yeah, man, I want to know more about about God." So um, he took me along to his youth group, which was a Baptist church, um, just in Hall Road in Glenfield. There, such a, you know, it was a you know, very traditional Baptist church. No flashing lights, no mm. smoke machines, no none of that sort of stuff that we're used to in modern churches, right? Mm. And um, not that there's anything wrong with those types of church, by the way. It's just, you know, it's just a different flavor. And um, the pastor, he was an American um, guy, such an awesome guy, still friends with him today. And I remember he had a massive thick Bible you know, like yeah. one of those one of the behemoth Bibles, yeah, yeah. huge. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, it's like you got to get a trailer to move it around. You know, you know, and you can just as easily use it as a weapon <laughs> as anything yeah. else. Like, like they talk about the word being the foundation of the church. I think this thing actually was the foundation of the church. <laughs> you like, lay so, it like bricks. Yeah, it's like a. Anyway, he 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 shows me in the Bible, and he turns to couple of scriptures around um why we should be saved and then he asked me whether i wanted to give my heart to jesus mm. and at the time i was a little bit like i was a little bit nervous and like oh you know da, da. and um but anyway I, I responded and said yeah i'll give my heart to jesus and for the very first time that's when i first committed my life to christ yeah at 12 years old in a baptist church with a ginormous Bible with an American missionary. And, um, awesome. yeah. And he, I remember him saying, Hey, we need to go tell some people that you're saved. Yeah. Right. Cause, you know, 
So he, I remember him walking me down the stairs, and then um, there was some people from the church. He's like, introduced me. Hey, this is Steve. He just gave his heart to Jesus, and I was like, like I could generally see when I look back how incredibly happy he was that I decided to mm. follow God, and I was feeling like nervous and like, yeah, oh, can I tell people? Can I not tell people? Mm. Yeah. Did you um, have a any sort of sense of change in your spirit when you had done that? I don't know whether I felt changed because I was twelve years old. You know, like probably the worst thing I'd ever done at twelve years old would maybe have stolen a biscuit from yeah, the pantry true. or yeah or um oh one time I the worst thing I think I'd ever done as a kid is my dad bought a brand new car once and I remember um um hitting it with a, like a piece of metal or something and putting a massive scratch in it and <laughs> running and hiding for like a week till he oh, found geez. it. But yeah, that was me, by the way, Dad, if you're listening to this. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I he love knows. That. He knows. I would have got the blame for it anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, How many siblings did you have? Uh, I have um, one older brother, Yeah. Um, one um, sister, and a younger brother, yeah. Okay, yeah. So where are you? You got an older brother. And so two, yeah, two other siblings younger than you. Yeah. So um, I've actually got a half brother. Yeah. Who's my older brother? Uh, and then me, and then um, my sister, and then my younger brother. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Oh wow. Um. Oh, that's so funny. Um. But yeah, that's so cool that you know at twelve years old you just. I love I love the steps that he took, you know, like you always knew that God was real from a young age and then you went and you're asking your mum, you know, what does God look like? Following that you were at school and this Christian at your school did a speech on the gospel and you just just went from one step to the next, getting deeper and deeper until God captured your heart, more or less, at this Baptist church. And um, then seeing the joy from essentially the news of you being saved in that other person, like this is incredible what's just happened. And at a young young age, you're probably thinking, why is he that happy? I know he should be happy, but why is he that happy? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I just think that's so cool to see, especially in an older person, how stoked they were. Yeah, you know that a twelve year old's done that. So obviously that did that shape. Uh, your teenage years, that decision, or how was your teenage years looking? So, good, good question. Um, basically, in a nutshell, um, when you don't know how to be a Christian, you don't know how to be a Christian, right? Yeah. So, my teenage years uh, probably went, I would say, a little bit wayward. I don't think I went totally crazy, but you know, still, mm. you know dabbled with drugs and alcohol and, mm. you know, um, things that teenagers struggle with. Um, you know, I – but I – see, even – one of my beliefs is I believe that salvation is a journey, right? So, mm. um, yeah, I'm saved, but I've still got a lot of life to walk through. I've still got Absolutely. a lot of – still got a lot of decisions to make. I've still mm. got a lot of challenges to face. You know, I'm 12 years old. I haven't even had my first girlfriend yet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I and mm. so you, you've got uh, you've got all these things that you've got to overcome and mm. walk through through your teenage years, and then hopefully you come out the other side. 
you know. It's true. I mean, because life's not just a you're saved and you're at the very top of the peak and you've conquered it all. When you climb a mountain, you sort of go round it slowly, round it, round it, round it, and you're slowly getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah. So I, life's a bit like that, I think. Totally. I, I think that um, with salvation, I, it's not a magical prayer that you, you say and then all no. of a sudden you're this amazing, not that I'm amazing now, but, you know, mm. I've still got a lot of things to work on, believe you me. I think you're Just a Anna. saved sinner. Boom. You know, you're exactly. still, I mean, you're set free from sin, but you still have this transformation in your mind that has to be renewed, which takes time, walking with God. Yeah, and even at the age where I'm at now, there's still issues and still things that I have to walk through. Mm. You know, just talk to my wife. She'll tell you all my bad uh, <laughs> traits. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's whether you're wanting to walk through them. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, or just sit around and mm. allow it con- to consume you. So my, I'd say my teenage years. Um, I can tell you a couple of stories. So you know, age of fifteen, I, I'd tried marijuana for the first time. You know, that, and that was just for peer pressure and mm. uh, the the community and the church that I got saved at. Um, it it disbanded, so the youth group stopped and I didn't really have a church mm. family to be part of so and then there was pulls from mates and friends and stuff mm. like that to come down this path I guess I've folded to peer pressure you know we all have we yeah. all have who, yeah. who hasn't yeah um and you know if you haven't you're amazing yeah you good know. on you good on you mate <laughs> take a mm. photo of yourself put it on Instagram show us how awesome you are I'm no, just kidding <laughs> you can delete that part if you want um <laughs> It's true. It's true, right? Like, yeah, anyway. it's true. Um, so, you know, experimented with drugs, and mm. um, you know, I was I was when I was younger through my teenage years, I loved playing rugby. Mm. So I was, you know, in my first fifteen, and went to first fifteen parties, and mm. just used to love to party on a Saturday night. That was mm. my my thing. Just play footy, then yeah, have a few brewskis, and yeah. <laughs> Get into trouble. <laughs> you know? It was almost this walk of, yeah, you were just doing things more for um, entertainment and to explore and things like that. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where you still know they're bad, but it's sort of, you. I guess you you don't have much of a influence to do anything other than that as well, like a lack of discipleship as well. Yeah, like I, I actually would say I was innocent to it. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know, blameless. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's not mm. how a Christian should act. And and everyone <laughs> else is doing it as well. So like you, you, if if things are accepted, to, and you're surrounded by all these different people doing these different things, and well, it obviously isn't that bad. I can just go go and do it. So that peer pressure was just something that I mean, everybody's influenced by that sort of totally. sort of stuff today. Yeah. And um, well, that's why discipleship's so so important because yeah. you had this disbursement of your church. Yeah. And if that maybe hadn't have happened, mm. maybe you would have been discipled a little bit differently. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's all, you live and learn, mate. And also, <laughs> sometimes you need that contrast as well to yeah. know to know what God's like is to be in the darkness for a little bit, and yep. then then God can really be like you know. 
this is how good I am. Mm. Because if you, because I, I mean, we've met lots of Christians that have done almost what you were saying before, never really given into peer pressure, um, born in grace more or less. Yeah. And read their Bible from an early age and just never fell away from the faith. And then they can fall off later on because they haven't ever experienced what like what they, they think they're missing out. Mm. They don't realize how good God is until yeah. they fall away from him for a little bit and they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, works the other way too. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was um, 16, so I was still playing footy and, you know, 16, I think maybe 16, 17, um, a friend of mine, um, Josh, he was going to a youth group and he was like, oh, Come to this youth group event. We're going. Um, we start bowling, then we go to this. It was like an all night event where oh, um, loads of different activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we went to like Parakai Pools, Skateland. You remember Skateland? Yeah, never been Skateland. Is this all Auckland? Yeah, man. I'm Queenstown. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my shore boy. <laughs> yeah. He grew up in, on the shore. You know where Skateland is. I'm, I'm in the um... Parabawa Blades, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did um, go rollerblading when I was a kid, eh? Yeah, and uh, a little bit of skating. But nah, you'd be more of a nice skater when you're coming from Queensland. You'd think so. Yeah, I wish I was. You've but... got the body for it. <laughs> what does an ice skater look like? Just a big bearded man. Big bearded man. You know, <laughs> pair of tights, you skating around the ring. <laughs> yeah. No, I always just I did a lot of snowboarding, but nice. stayed away from the ice. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice and me are not friends. I cannot <laughs> handle ice. It's I, too cold. Have you ever watched um, Jamaica that, that bobsled Jamaican thing? Uh, what are they called? Cool Runnings. You ever watched it? No. I'm really showing my age. Eh? <laughs> cool Runnings, and it's about these um, uh, Jamaican track runners that um, want to form <laughs> a... Chip. It's a true story. They oh, really? Form, they, they want to form a uh, a Jamaican bobsled team. Come on. Right? They're from a tropical country, and then they've never done bobsledding before, and they turn up in, like, Switzerland for the Olympics, and then they're like, hey, man, I didn't realise it's so cold, man, and they're wearing, like, hot water bottles in their jackets. you got to watch it, bro. It's on Netflix. So, you know, we'll or, put or that on the list. Di- yeah, cool runnings, man. I'll put good, a link in it, too. Good movie. <laughs> Great movie. Um, anyway, where were we? Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, well, we went to a youth group and um, with my mate. But you weren't bobsledding? No, we weren't bobsledding. Oh, okay. No. Oh, we may have been at Parakai Pools, actually, when going down the hydro slides there, mate. <laughs> it was a bit of fun. Have you ever been to Parakai Pools? Mate, I've been to Auckland, probably can count it on one hand. Great. Terrible. Great place, Paracai Pools. Except for the airport, been there a lot. Yeah. I'm passing a legacy to my children about how to block the slides at Paracai Pools. <laughs> it's so much fun, mate. We're going there for a rugby team um, thing. I help coach a rugby team and we're taking all the kids to Paracai Pools yeah. next weekend, actually. So You're not going to have like the, the wall of fame and at Paracai Pools and it's really just... Uh, the wall with all the people that are banned. <laughs> <laughs> Big picture of me. Yeah. See, wall of fame, guys. I'm famous here. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first place I've been banned from, but anyway. Um, yeah, moving on. 
Yeah. Anyway, you're at this awesome youth event. Yeah, we're at a youth event and it's an all all nighter and um and I've been invited to go and I'm thinking this is pretty cool. There's you know people my age, um, you know, and um, you know, I'm, you know, youth youth group was pretty friendly and um, I think your mate Dean was the the, oh, the main leader, Dean Payne, Dean Payne, the youth Shout pastor. Out. Anyway, so it was just a cool youth group to be part of, and um, I remember Josh inviting me to a church service on the Sunday night, and um, and I'm still like living. You know this teenage life of you know mm. I I I I know this might be controversial what I'm saying but I'd say it's a normal Kiwi teenage life you yeah. know if you're not a Christian that's yeah, what that's sure. what I would say just it, the culture we're in hey just the culture yep. that we were living in in the time and um so yeah I went along to church and uh, I remember the church service about to close. Mm. And uh, the guy at the front, uh, Peter Mortlock. Oh yeah, yeah. He gave me he, he. I didn't even know what like prophecy was. You guys talk about prophecy on here? Yeah. yeah oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, didn't know what um, prophecy was, and so he gives me this prophecy about um, God having a hook in my heart, and always had a hook in my heart. And I may try run, I may try go to the left or the right, but. No matter where I go, God would always hook me and pull me back in. Wow. Which is so cool. crazy because that prophecy, I really feel like, lines up with my childhood. Mm. Yeah, like perfectly. God placed that hook mm. in my heart at a young age mm. and knew that, yeah, I may be a little bit of a loose cannon sometimes, but um, he had yeah. that hook in my heart. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So that was obviously a huge moment for you, that prophecy? Yeah, it was. it's one of those moments in my Christian walk where I'm like, okay, that's a defining moment. Mm. That's a moment where things are making sense to me now and I yep. know why my life is the way it is. Mm. And um, so, you know, how you can count those moments in your walk as a Christian yeah. You know, you may have five, ten moments when mm. you've gone. That's that was a pivotal moment. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, getting married's one. Yeah. You know, um, like a milestone. It's a yeah. milestone having your first kids one. Mm. But then there's those spiritual moments as well that mm. you can just say, "Wow, that was that was God. God's yeah. hand was on that." Come and on. you know, I wouldn't be here today, or mm. or even the fact that God's ordered those steps. Because mm. the Bible says, you know, God orders your steps. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that was a pivotal moment. Um, and then so I kept on going to the youth group. And honestly, you talked to Dean about it. I was probably the first and uh, probably one of the loosest guys <laughs> that came to that youth group. <laughs> so it was probably a bit of a shock to the system um, at the time. <laughs> it's all good. I, I remember, can I can I tell a story? It's, yeah, it's, um, go for it's it. quite embarrassing, but it's um, pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know how you you can edit it out if you want. But, no, um, no, go. You know, I always like to be honest and no no bars held. You know, so it, we we did this little circle and we had to confess like what we'd done, like how how we've been <laughs> oh, like naughty or something. I, can I can't remember this something like this, man. And like this, this someone goes, oh, I was really embarrassed once because you know the music stopped. I was still singing at church, and then there was like, it was like. <laughs> 
like I oh I stole a biscuit from blah 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 and like you know and then and then I'm like sixteen going oh I looked at a dirty magazine. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. No, but, no, it's good. No, but that that was my mind, bro. Like I yeah. didn't understand. That's no, good. Like what sin was, so I had to like yeah. walk through that. Well, you have to, and and I love how you were actually so honest. You know, oh, like, I thought and, we could be. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, but you know, like, but that's probably what's made you such a strong Christian is your ability to not hide. Like, if there's darkness and God shines a light, you're like, okay, it's there. Yeah, like you're not trying to fight it or hide it or anything like that. You're just going, yep, it's exposed, and Lord, I need, I I, I need help from this, or I need discipleship from this, or whatever it is. So we I tried like, dress up our sin. Yeah, and you weren't doing that. Nah. Yeah, that's good. And I just still don't do it to this day. Like yeah, come on. I will not dress up, you yep. know, things. I just... Yeah, say if it how it is. If I've, if I've got an issue, that means that I'm becoming more Christ-like mm. and he's journeying me through a healing process of stuff. Mm. So I don't think you've ever made it, mm. you know, like I know some pretty amazing Christians, but... You know, and I, you know, and they they can still be walking through some things, but I think as a culture, as Christians, sometimes we can bury our mm. sin under like a smile and like a yeah, you know, or down downplay it as not not really what it was at the center of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, like so, you could have said, "Oh, I accidentally picked up this magazine, and my eyes accidentally went across the pages." Yeah, you'd go, "Nope." I nah, picked man. it up and I found it, and or, or my mate made me look at it and blame it on your yeah, friend. But, yeah. but, dude, that's I mean, and the honesty of that is that that is something you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighty-year-old guys struggle with. Oh, it's huge today. You know, I mean, it's really bad today. Mm. Uh, the the whole porn industry. So you're seeing how old I am now, man? Because you're talking I about said, magazines. I said a magazine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What <laughs> a magazine, man! Anyway, so so yeah, so I think that part of me was like, okay, so you still struggle. Like, do I fit in here? Do I not fit in here? Because mm. you don't know, you know. Like to mm. me, some of these people were living on the moon mm. compared to where I was at. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, I all these people that had grown up in Christian families and, and I'm not j- judging them or, or jealous of them or even putting them down. I don't ever want to come across that way because I've got kids now that have grown up in a Christian home, mm. you know, but so I don't want to come across like, Oh, you guys are more blessed than I was. It's just, I'm, I was in a different space mm. to where they were mm. that their, their parents had already pioneered and plowed the road. And I was having to, Make my own path. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and discover this thing for myself. It's true. You can't try and be someone else as well. Nah. And yeah, I'm currently just picked up the book from uh, Jordan Peterson, Twelve Rules for Life. Yeah. And um, one of his rules is um, do not compare to other people. Compare yourself from yesterday to today. That conversation I was having with my wife about two nights ago. Really? Yeah. Just how. We can fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to other people. I mean, I get like, I was thinking, I get sometimes I get birthday blues. So, like, I'm like, oh, I'm another year older now. What am I, 
where am I at? You know, <laughs> I haven't even done that yet and failed that goal and yeah. not quite. And you sort of like build this expectation and rules up around yourself yeah. about where you should be. Yeah. When really, really, who cares? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just yeah, focus on your relationship with God and Boom. be content in that. Yeah. And I mean, Paul says, you know, he's been fed. He's been hungry, he's been naked, he's been clothed, he's been rich, he's been poor. He goes pretty much through everything. He says, I've learnt the uh, secret of remaining content in all things. I love that. Through Christ, you know, and that's that's so important. Yeah. Um, Because never strive, you know, just only boast in Christ. Yeah. Because if you're striving, you're finding something to boast about outside of Christ. Yeah. And, um, yeah, really important, I think. To have that mindset, yeah. so good, man. Mm. So, what ended up um, happening? So, you're done that big youth event. You had that milestone moment in your, I guess, your early Christian days walking with Christ. From then, did you find any big struggles um, in Christ? <laughs> Except, <laughs> here, here we go. <laughs> How long have we got? Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> I think I think you know, yeah. There was definitely struggles, but there was massive learnings. Mm. And so, I'd say from the age of sixteen through to the age of twenty three was probably my biggest learning experience. So, um, of learning actually how to be a Christian and mm. how I should conduct myself, act, you know, um, be. So how did you how did you learn that? Was that through watching somebody else and going, like walking in their shoes? Because the Bible says that with Paul, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. Not to compare. Yeah. I'm not using the compare word, but imitate. Do you, know um, how, do you know how I honestly found that way? This is not going to be the answer that you think. All right, let's go. I went down a path of more sin. Okay, so you had that contrast. Yeah, so I just got more involved in drugs, more involved in partying, more involved in getting into fights. From 16 to 23. Yeah, like I was, you know, pretty well known on the North Shore for scrapping (laughs) at parties and stuff. And um, I mean, my general manager now that works for us, I'll give you an example. Um, I mean, the other week I I may have got a bit of impatience with something and – one of my staff goes, oh, is, is Steve a right? He's, you know, he's got a little bit of a hotheadness to him. And then Craig's like, nah, mate, he's way better than he used to be, mate. He's <laughs> <laughs> That's cool to see, like, a huge comparison, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the the journey from 16 to sort of, I'd say 25, actually, mm. um, where, where I just fell even further into, mm. you know, a place of... Of darkness, yeah. Mm. Um, but through that whole journey, I would honestly say I don't think God ever left my side. Wow. Mm. That's I, true. Yeah. I, I can remember um, being at a party and I didn't even know what uh, words of knowledge or prophetic gifting was, but people could come to me and I could give them a word of knowledge. Wow. While on the bears. 
Do you want to actually explain what that is for our listeners that might not be aware of what words of knowledge are? So a word of knowledge is like um, knowing some, something or seeing a destiny on someone or pulling a dream out of them and it being the right dream. Mm. So like now I walk in it all the time. So, you know, the other day I'm at a local cafe and the waitress comes up to me and she's chatting and I just, the Holy Spirit just says, she's going to be a real estate agent. So I just said, hey, have you thought about real estate agent? You'd make a great real estate agent and and then just encourage her and then she just goes, starts glowing like, wow, that's my dream. How did you know about that? Wow. Uh, and so that word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit just yeah. sharing a little bit of insight into someone's life so that you can bless mm. that person or person. so good. Yeah, so. I and you were doing those drunk at yeah. parties. Yeah, because the gifts of God are about yeah, reproach, right? So and you don't take a gift away once it's given. It's it's given. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's probably people out there just like upset with me now for that, but <laughs> I didn't know mm. what was what 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 was this? It's, yeah. it's all a discovery thing. So you still, I mean, this is the whole hook uh, pro- prophetic um, message that Peter Mortlock had yeah. with you is is you sort of, I guess trying to swim away, and he's r- sort of reeling you back. But you know how, I don't know if you fly fish or anything, you know, when you you got to let the fish uh, paddle away, and then you sort of almost need to let it, sort of direct it and swim it, let it swim yeah. back towards you with the hook. But if it starts swimming away, you sort of just got to let it keep going as far as it's going to swim, and then slowly try and curve the fish with a little bit of pressure, but not too much, otherwise you can snap the line or you... It can get loose on the, off the hook and things like that. So God actually allowed you from 16 to 25 to go out and do the drinking and mm. all that, but still with this hook in you, which was like the prophetic gifts coming out when mm. you're drinking and yeah. he's still reeling you back and almost giving you enough space in between. He's still always there, but enough space to do your thing. But he was, he was still close enough for you to realize that, you know, you're not alone. He's still there. Yeah. I, I just had a picture of like fishing and when you're reeling out and reeling in, you're tiring the fish out, right? <laughs> it's true. You know? So you're getting tired? I, I would say, you know, yeah. Yeah. Because the Bible says, you know, he'll give us rest mm. if we come to him. Yeah. And if you're struggling and fighting and trying to go through life the way I was, mm. it's definitely exhausting. Come on. You know? Um, I'm going to go one step further and anybody that's listening to this podcast that's feeling tired from resisting God, go get some rest. Boom. <laughs> run, to, run to the Father. Come on. He'll, he'll take your open arms. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember, um, you know, just f- trying to figure this Christianity thing out. Mm. And, um, and on my mate's birthday, like 20 years old, we're – we're still trying to figure all this out, and we're, I'm going to church every like other Sunday. I used to go on Sunday nights because mm. it was easier to get up because wasn't so hungover, you know. Yeah. Um, is this all good? Like, is this too this is raw? Great. Is this no? Is this, this is perfect. You guys are all good with this. Like, yeah, you got to yeah. be real. Yeah, and yeah. So your your viewers aren't going to be emailing in saying, no. "Who is that bogan you had on here?" No, they go uh, to the spam file. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, we. I remember 
being at my mate's birthday partying, we were both going to church and we were standing outside um, a club waiting to get in. You know, like like just but 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 knowing we had to go to church the next day. So mm. like yeah, the the journey is the journey for me is God allowing me to figure out this journey on the way and then mm. working out what is actually him, what mm. isn't him. Yeah. And then going, Hey, I love you. The door is always open. Mm. So you are so welcome. You know, Come once on. you get through this journey, yeah. and I'm going to grab you, because he's a loving dad, right? Mm. He's dad, man, and he just wants the best for you. But sometimes you got to know that your kids need to figure things out for themselves, right? Even example of that, you know, my kids trying to learn how to try, tie shoelaces at the moment. If I keep tying their shoelaces for them, they're never going to learn, right? Mm. So sometimes I think that God sets us on these little paths so that we just learn those lessons and learn... Yeah. Learn, um, hey, that's not not the best life that I have for you if you keep yeah. going down that path. It's true. Yeah. So I don't think that God ever had me in a judgment place for doing these wrong things. I think that that's where His grace mm. was because yeah. I knew I needed to repent, mm. and I was repenting from certain things, and I would. You know, always be like, okay, I need to stop do, doing that or need to repent or change my thinking around that, mm-hmm. which is what repentance is, right? Change yeah. your mind. And <clears throat> so I don't think that God, while I was, people would say, you, they we use the word backslidden, right? Mm. Was I backslidden or was I figuring it out? I mean, I've always struggled with the the backsliding theology personally because, you know, if you can never work your way into salvation through works, I find it very difficult to promote the idea that you can work your way out of salvation as a backslidden Christian because then it limits the work that Jesus did on the cross. Boom. Love it. And that's exactly where I believe I was at. So, you know... Most, some Christians would look at that, my scenario back then and go, that guy's not even saved, you know, like he's not even in the right standing of God. Like how can he even mm. say that he's a Christian? How could he even do that? He's, his life is a mess. He's still, you know, mm. um, drinking, doing drugs, sleeping around, all that sort of stuff, doing all those, all these things that go against the word of God. And people would look at my life and go, man, Mm. Yeah, but all I needed was to journey through it, mm. to receive healing from it, yeah, and to understand that I'm loved. Well, the Bible says God can use all things for good for those who love Him. Yeah, and that's I think that's really key. You know, like you gotta you gotta be aware of your transgressions and yeah. aware that you still need Christ. Because I don't know if you were walking perfectly and um, doing the right things and things like that, you might suffer from um, self-righteousness yeah. in that sense because yeah. nobody is righteous but one. Mm. And um, that's why we need Christ, you know. Yeah. Only, only Jesus is the one that can teach us how to walk holy as he is holy. Mm. But 
man, yeah, yeah, doing because there's there's the whole thing on like why do Christians try and be good or try and work good things? It's not to be a good person. It's because we owe it to Christ. Mm. It's because we will never be good. No, nah. <laughs> like nobody is good but God. Yeah, and um. It's it's more of a like I'm doing this because I want to, not because I have to. Because I I, I understand what Christ did for me now, mm. and I really want to show my appreciation. And that's actually you know if you want to go a step further, um, you're a married man, I'm a married man. Christ in our lives is a marriage. Um, yeah. It's a marriage covenant. We're even the the church is the bride, and he is the bridegroom. So when we when you do something nice for your wife, yeah, you, you don't, don't give nece- her ideas, mate. Well, you don't necessarily need to do it, yeah, <laughs> but you don't necessarily need to do it, but you want to do it, yeah. If you were nasty to your wife or didn't do any good things to her, you would still be married, yeah, yeah. But to have a good relationship in marriage is to do things for them that are good. It's not going to unmarry you, yeah. Um, if you lack in that area mm. unless you go through a divorce which is man made not god made yeah god never intended for divorce so i mean that's and that's the same with us like if we i don't know forget to treat them in our lives a little bit mm. sometimes it's that neglect of a spouse happy we, wife happy life yeah, yeah yeah but to have a <laughs> yeah have have that relationship with christ but you can fall away like you go through seasons in your marriage sometimes and sometimes you're just Need need that, you know, realization that I want to be here and yeah. things like that, and um, yeah. So right. going going back to God works all things for good. Mm. While I was in this time, you know, figuring this out, mm. I met my wife. Oh come on! You know, awesome. I uh, met her at a party. She thought I was the most obnoxious man on the planet. <laughs> I can't see why, but um, and um, so we we didn't date or anything. So she must have been 17, I must have been 19, 18, 19, can't remember. Anyway, um, so she, we met at a party and um, she, we just knew, knew of each other, um, you know, what the North Shore's like, probably similar mm. in Queenstown where, oh, yeah. that's sort of know everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone knows everyone. And then when it came to about 25, 26 I had this massive revelation that I needed to really start to repent and start to walk out my call, you mm. know, and walk out who God had asked me to be. And sorry, what brought that revelation on? Um, I I was in a relationship with a with a lady, and um, that ended, and um, I just. I just knew that I knew that I knew that God was the only thing that was going to heal my broken heart mm. and heal my um, my life because I was pretty messed up. Like probably about a year or two prior, probably attempted suicide a couple of times and, you know, um, I don't know whether I would have gone through with it. Maybe it was a cry for help. Maybe it was attention. I don't know, but um, I'm just being honest. Like it was a pretty dark time in my life. And, um, you know, I was struggling mentally and struggling with all sorts of bits and pieces and just at war with myself pretty much. 
And I knew the only way I could, you know, come through this or pull through this would is through God. Mm. And it's real funny because I was living with a mate at the time and um, he was non-Christian. And um, I turned on TV one morning and there was a Christian show on and I started watching it. And then as that Christian show's playing, a mate of mine rings me from youth group years ago. His name's Matt. Um, you might know him. Um, Dean's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Matt. He rings me. He's like, hey, man, just thinking about you. Um, you know, why don't you come check out church and, you know, haven't seen you in ages. So I was like, yeah, man, what have I got to lose? So mm. um, he actually came and picked me up on the Sunday morning because it, you know, if he hadn't picked me up, I don't think I would have gone. You know, and so mm. he gra- came and grabbed me, and I remember we grabbed McDonald's for breakfast on the way, and then shot into church and sat a few rows from the front, and Holy Spirit just fell on me and just broke me, and I knew that I knew that I had to pull myself into right into a right standing with God. Mm. You know. Um, and that's when God began to work on my my heart, my addictions, my insecurities. And that was my transformation transformation journey started around that point. Wow. Um, yeah. And you know, like I I often think, you know, like you know, now where I'm at now, you know, this is this is this is a maybe another controversial thought, but right you know the the how how I was walking through sin, right, and walking through a journey of what people would say that's sin. Mm. Sometimes I believe grace is designed for that. So, like, there's a level of sin that God allows you to walk through, right? Because He's trying to teach you a lesson, mm. and then you pull through that, and then you get to another level, and then there becomes another level of sin that sort of God starts to convict you about, and then once you've got through that. You know, like there's there's things that well, I walk, walk in today. Yeah, like I wouldn't even dream of doing. <laughs> I wish I did back then. I fully but, agree with that um, mm. theology. There, if God revealed every part of your life that you needed to fix in order to be holy, perfectly holy, then it would be too daunting oh, to go there. Imagine that. So He reveals these pieces in your life step by step. And walks you through this. This is the transformation of the mind. It's yeah. a process, and he does it slowly. And man, if he did it all at once, it would crush us. I know. would say that is too big of a task. Big time, you know. And I, so personally, I believe that journey of salvation is a journey of constantly mm. going back to Father and constantly saying, "Dad, help me through this." Well, the Bible says. Work out your salvation daily yeah. through fear and, and trembling. trembling. Yeah. <laughs> so if you fear the Lord, you know, it's not like a I'm terrified of you, God. I don't mm. want to stuff up every day, God. It's more of a you I fear can't. you fear the Lord in a way where you're like, Oh Dad I can't help, do this without I can't you. do this without you, Dad. Like yeah. you know, like I like to think, you know, when my kids get older and if they had a car crash or something I hope they don't think they're going to ring me and I'm going to give them a bollocking for crashing a car. Don't run from your father, but run to yeah. him when you're in trouble. Like my, my first thought's going to be like, are you okay? 
Mm. And then my second thought will be, how's the car? <laughs> How do you pay the insurance? But um, anyway, but you know, my first, po- my first point is mm. if they make a mistake, is going to be, are you okay? Yeah. Are mm. you... That you're good... not going to be angry with them. Just you're going to want to know that they're okay. Yeah. First. And even if they're doing something stupid, like, mm. you know, I can think of things I've done in cars. Mm. When I was younger, you know, burnouts and mm. wrapping cars, banana and cars around poles and, yeah. you know, um, getting arrested for speeding and stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, even if I've done something stupid, mm. I, I, I would never, my first reaction to my children wouldn't be, oh, you idiot, mm. you know, you've stuffed up again. Da, 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 da. My first reaction is, okay, are you okay? Mm. So and good. then my second reaction is, okay, we're going to sort this out. Mm. And then my third reaction is, okay, we've sorted this out. Now we ain't going to do that again, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And to have the realization that there are consequences sometimes for actions. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's not the first thing that comes to your mind. It's yep. not knowing who they are and how if they're okay. And, yeah. Um, so, sometimes I think that... Uh, if we make a mistake in God, we think that the entire thing is written off. Like mm. we, you know, like hey, I've, you know, like you might be out there today, and you're, some of this is relating to you. Like you could really love Jesus, really love to be part of a church community, but you are living in a relationship where you're not married. Mm. You know, you know, and you're thinking, well, how can I be pure and holy around people who are like that? Mm. But the the reality of the gospel is just come as you are. Mm. Come yeah. exactly how you are. Yeah. And we'll sort the rest out later. Yeah, the church a church or the gospel is not fix yourself up and get clean and then come to church. It's yeah. come as you are dirty and through grace in Christ he will wash your feet. Like that's yeah. what Jesus did, yeah. you know. So true. That's so good. Um Steve, would you say that your life is more fulfilled than before with Christ in it? Mate, my life is nonstop. <laughs> and, ha- and how so? Well, you know, um, I think that what God has done in my life, he's, reali- he's made me realize that I'm created for, for more and I'm created for a purpose and a destiny mm. and purpose for... You know, there's a reason God saved my life at four mm. months old. There's a reason why, um, you know, someone shared the gospel at 12. There's a reason why he allowed me to go through dark situations, mm. come out the other side and walk mm. my walk now. Am I perfect now? Nah. And, and, and do I ever want to betray being perfect? I don't think so. I want to betray righteousness and holiness mm. and, you know, good character and all that sort of stuff. But I always want to be relatable to people. I always want to be in a place where no one feels like it's unattainable to know God or, or mm. you know, because um, God came for whosoever. Mm. And I'm just so passionate about making sure God is – Revealed to people in a mm. genuine way, mm. in a way where um, 
people can see the reality of God, see the reality of their life, understand that they're still walking through drama and trouble and mm. all these things that hit us in life, but understand that you can come to God just as you are and just who you are, mm, regardless. On. Yeah, Like I often say, we put rules around what we think we should be like when we come mm. to God. But I just want to say today, like, there's no rules. Mm. There's no. The only rule is, is that you love God mm. and yeah. that you accept Him. Yeah, it's so simple. The it's gospel so is so simple. Yeah, and we overcomplicate it with the other things. And I understand this. You know, this healing journeys and processes and all that. I understand that. But if if you are on the for the first time thinking about God or thinking about Jesus, then just come as you are. Mm. No one cares. Yeah. You know, and I think the day the church gets to a place where we literally do not care what's going on, we just love you, mate, we're gonna see revival. We're yeah. gonna see souls being saved all over this nation, all over the world, where mm. where people are just so wanting to be part of our community, you know. That's so good. Mm. I love that because it makes makes being a Christian unattainable if they think that they have to be cleaned up first. Um, yeah, just just come. Christianity should be the most attainable thing on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Come it, on. It, how easy. It's a free gift. Yeah. So it's free. It costs you nothing, right? It's a free gift offered to you mm. unconditionally. Mm. So no conditions around it. It's free to take. Sounds like the deal of the century. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it should be the most attainable thing we've ever come across in our life. Yeah, because people have a mindset sometimes that's there's changed by grace, saved by grace, but it's the other way around. It's saved by grace first, yeah. and then through a process, changed by grace. And that process can be in eternity, yeah. you know, and we just don't know how so far true. that goes, yeah. you know. But first off, like you said, it's a free gift saved by grace. Yeah. Not saved by anything we've done or anything anything we can do. Mm. So, you know, um, so, yeah, yeah so I, I, just, I, I just think, you know, Christianity should be in a place where it's so accessible for people. And another thing is part of my healing journey into becoming, you know, who I am today, and it's so important, is not doing this on your own, mm. but getting around a, a church community, getting around a, you know, a, a, mm. a local church and becoming part of that local church. Mm. And, you know, I know churches aren't perfect, and I know because there's people there, so where people are, things aren't perfect. And I know there's probably people out there who've been hurt by the church, and you know we've all been hurt from time to time from the church. But the church does good more than it does wrong, and you know if you're if you're part of a local church, that is where your transformation journey is going to mm. start to unfold and take place, because you're around people that all have the same yeah. goal is like to walk out their call, you know. Um, mm. You know, love God and worship yeah. God, and that's so good. Be all you can be for God. Yeah. So my massive healing process would have been getting 
locked into a church and, yeah, you know, having so, a bit of accountability. Yeah, a bit of accountability, a bit of discipleship. Because yeah. Jesus said, you know, it's the last thing I think that he gave the command was go out into all the world and make disciples, um, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, that part is so key. You know, we go to a great Bible study in Queenstown and we go to a great church in Queenstown and it's really that discipleship. I, I think I think anywhere in Queenstown would be great. <laughs> Come um, on. <laughs> I mean, it's it's beautiful down there, man. You know, like, you know, you could be worshipping Jesus and then 20 minutes later you're on a, on Cadrona ski field, you That's know. True. I mean, what a life. It's good. It's not half bad. Nah, man. Um, yeah. Steve, is there anyone in particular that, throughout your journey that you would really like to honor? Yeah, I mean there's a there's a number of people, man, like I'd love to honor, you know. Um, you know, you know, first of all my dad for for um, you know, hearing God and, mm. and then saving my life cuz that wouldn't have happened and then and then um, you know, the the two guys, I mean the guy that stood up in my classroom informed too and mm. sharing Jesus. I mean that that's You still know who he is? Yeah, I do. I spoke to him last night actually. Oh wow. Yeah, cuz um on Light TV we actually played this testimony of him doing that. So wow. I tagged him in it. He was like, "Oh man, I'm so You can name him if you want. Yeah, Anthony Hennicart. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good on you. Anthony. I remember he was a, such a cool dude. He played the guitar and um long long hair and he's into oh, like Iron Maiden and Metallica and stuff like that. You know what you like when you're younger. Can you say Metallica on here? Is it all good? Yeah, yeah. yeah good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit of my youth. We loved a bit of heavy metal. And um, so, anyway, what a dude. And then Josh, it's just so many people. And it's just community, eh? Um, Josh, you know, taking me to church. And then. Um, Is that Josh know? Campbell? No, um, Josh Comer. Yeah, oh. I know Josh Campbell, though. Good, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Um, yeah. Played rugby with Josh Campbell and Joe Manassi, actually. Oh right! Yeah, played rugby with Joe Manassi. <laughs> yeah, um, great first five. Joe doesn't pass though. No, I'm just kidding. He does. <laughs> he does. He doesn't like to get dirty. Joe, am I, do- am I bagging? I can't really bag out the senior pastors <laughs> in the church now, can I? Sorry, Joe. Love you, mate. Now, one thing about Joe, eh? Hey, that guy's got amazing work ethic. So I was actually in the team with him. He's just a good dude. Um, yeah. So, I mean, on on the subject of Joe, you know, like. I did life with that guy for probably three years, you know, like really journeyed with him. Um, I remember going hunting with him once um, when we were interns. Greg Crawford took us hunting and um, I was carrying a gun on my shoulder and I swung it around and poor Joe cocked the uh, end of the gun in his eye, gave him a black eye. He probably deserved it though because he ran off, (laughs) ran off trying to catch a goat or something and and we ended up, I ended up carrying a deer all the way out of the bush. I was too stubborn to give him a go. But anyway, <laughs> love you, Joe. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's been a he's been a good good man. Um, Joe's he, amazing, eh? Yeah, he's a great guy, man. Yeah, yeah. But even Peter Mortlock, you know, um, you know, he I was you know served in his church for for years, and he taught me how to preach and mm. how to minister, and gave me allowed me that opportunity. I don't know what he was thinking, but um. come on. <laughs> Hopefully, straight after this podcast, we will be having Peter Mortlock. Oh, is he turning up here? Uh, no, we'll go to the church. Oh, you'll yeah, go to the church. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, he's an amazing guy. And, um, you know, when you see him today, tell him I say hi. And always will honour him and respect mm-hmm. him. And, you know, what he's done, you know, is is, is cool. Um, you know, um, 
Dean Payne. I mean, Dean, mm. you've, you've passed it for years. He's been on this podcast, Dean. He's oh, incredible. Dean, I bet he has. Yep, yep. yep. Good guy. And then, um, you know, Greg Crawford, such a good guy. A lot of, lot of City Impact people have been really good over the years. And mm. currently now, you know, the, the last six years we've been part of Catch the Fire. And um, I feel like the last six years has probably been my biggest, biggest, biggest healing journey. Yeah. And... Um, you know, Stu and Lily Allen, who um, run Catch the Fire New Zealand, they're just they're just great people, mm. and um, just have so much love. That's so good, and care for them. And you know, one thing I love about our movement at Catch the Fire is it's planted in the Father's heart, mm. and the Father heart of God is often misunderstood and uh, often left out. Sometimes um, we sometimes can view God as Mm. Sort of a, a big angry boss, or depends how your own father's mm. relationship was, your own dad was. But you know, we really had that as a core value within our church, and um, that's been a massive, massive healing process for me. Is just walking through, knowing that God is love, mm. and that He loves me as a dad. Uh, you know, as a dad, and I need to be secure around that. And so, mate, so many people. So many awesome. people. I just yeah, That's so good. Yeah, you, yeah. it's yeah. I, I mean, love I love that. I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't ask me how many people I need to apologise to because probably about <laughs> that, that, that list is probably as long as I don't know, probably, <laughs> as big as this room. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. What What is some advice on someone listening that might have gone through similar trials that you have gone through? You know, you, uh, you know. Obviously, knew God was real. Still went into the world a little bit and um, had that encounter with God. Several steps of your life, maybe they're feeling like they're hooked and sort of yeah. getting tired out. What's some advice for them that you wish you had? It's so simple. Just keep coming as you are. Mm. Just keep coming as you are, mm. and um, don't let people get in the obstacle. Be an obstacle to your relationship with Jesus because. People are people, and people are going to make mistakes, mm. and people aren't perfect. Yeah. So, it's Jesus that's perfect. It's yeah. God that's perfect. And if we understand that, then we can walk in more freedom, and walk in a place where um, we know that He is good ultimately. Mm. Mm. And so, yeah, that would be my biggest um, bit of advice: is just keep coming and just don't worry because there's always going to be people that have opinions and think this about you or you should be doing it this way or that way but that's why it's called a personal relationship because mm. it's a personal relationship yeah, with with your dad in heaven and so yeah that that would be my advice it's pr- and keep it simple like we over complicate it you know with you know extra add-ons and yeah, so good. All bits and pieces, you know. There's a course for this and a course for that, and I'm not, I'm not bagging out courses or anything, but mm. sometimes the power of God can just hit you, and then boom, don't what yield. Do, what do they say? Um, God doesn't necessarily call the qualified, but He qualifies the called. Exhibit so, A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can speak for a donkey, you can speak through me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
Um, now, I do want to ask before we finish up, this will be the, the one of the last questions, but, you know, you're doing some incredible stuff with uh, these this TV series. Um, I'd love you to share a little bit about that. So, like, what is that and also where is God taking you now? Yeah, awesome, man. So um, the ministry that my wife and I run is called Ignite TV. We have a YouTube channel, Facebook channel, Instagram page, Basically, the idea of Ignite TV is to go after the lost, go after people unsaved, go after spiritual seeking, people speaking seeking spiritually, um, and just bring the gospel to them. Mm, um, come on. And just, just share the goodness of God. Now, we talk about some pretty raw things on there, like we talk about drug addiction, we talk about, um, you know, babies, miscarrying um mm. we talk about um you know there's a testimony from last night me and my drunken state falling down a drain and an angel picking me out of the drain that's quite entertaining um so just 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 raw real life stuff like i i personally feel like it's my call to put myself in a vulnerable spot for the sake of people hearing the love of god come on so you know, I'm built for this. Like I'm built for, you know, mm. you can't dress me up, mate. That's you know? good. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and and I don't think I want to be dressed up. I just want to be me mm. and I want to walk out what God has asked me to do and that is just share Jesus with many people that I can come into contact with is going to know they're loved. But you're not going to see me on a street corner on a soapbox holding a Bible up, sh- shouting out Jesus. Mm. I really think that the best salvation path for people is for them to get involved in a community of Christians and believers because iron mm. sharpens iron yeah. and people help people. Mm. And if, you know, that's what the church is there. So I'm an evangelist that loves to work with people that's so cool. in the church. The local church. Awesome. And so Ignite TV was basically birthed out of a place where we're going where the people are. Mm. And, you know, that's why I love what you guys are doing here because people are on Spotify, people are on YouTube, people are on Facebook. I mean, I must have spent three hours last night scrolling through social media, you know. you know, No, I don't have an addiction or a problem. It's just it's just how we live life now, right? Mm. It's, just, it's just a connection point. You know, we used to come home and, Watched Denver the Last Dinosaur on TV. Just trying to give you a hint of how old I am. Remember Denver the Last Dinosaur? No, I had no, Littlefoot though. Oh, Littlefoot. Remember no, him? But, no, no. What about the Snorks? Remember the Snorks? No. No. Chippendale, Rescue Rangers. Chippendale, that was on before yeah. School. Oh, you remember Chippendale? Good on you, mate. Ducktales. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> we, you know, like the, the generation that we grew up in was a lot different. Like, mm. I remember my brother getting the first cell phone. Mm. And, you know, him bringing it home and being like, oh, mate, that's got a cell phone, mate. You're rich, you know. Um, so the, the the things that have changed over the last 10, 15, even the 15 years, I mean, 2008, when I got married, there was no Facebook. Or there was Facebook, but it was very new. Mm. Right, 2006, Facebook started, right? Yeah. So look how far the world has come, and this is where people are. This is how people are engaging with communities now is mm. online and, and in a social media platform. And it's only going to get um, more. Like, I mean, you should see the plans for what the metaverse is going to bring and, you know. Um, it's 
interesting because you got people, like you said, you were on Facebook or whatever it was, scrolling for three hours yesterday. So everybody today has so many hours in front of that screen. Why not put the gospel on the screen? Um, yeah. And that's what you're doing. That's why I love what you're doing. Eh? I'm not afraid of social media. And I understand, you know, there's, there's trash on there and there's stuff that just doesn't line up with us, you know, and, and, and what we believe. But you've got to see past it all. You've just got to see past it all and know that we are in a dark place, but we're mm. the light of the world. Come on. So why can't the light of the world mm. be on these platforms? We yeah. should be invading social media. Yeah. We should be like just taking it over. Come on. You know? Yeah. How so, many Christians on this planet? I don't know. What is it? A billion? I think there's about a billion. Eh? Round it up. Billion. billion yeah. Imagine a billion yeah. people preaching the gospel on social media. Come on. Yeah. It, it would, anyway. It would reach the planet. <laughs> yeah. It would. Yeah. yeah so cool. Um, wow. I think you've got an awesome story, Steve. Really do. Um, and I love I love how raw you've been with us, and there's the real power to that. Being you know just honest, this is this is where I was, and this is where I am now. And we're able to follow you through that that timeline on how God's just changed you, shaped you, um, showing you, and saved you um, throughout that whole journey. Really, really cool. And I think it's going to really speak to a lot of people listening on this podcast. So yeah, I just want to say thank you. So oh, you're so welcome, man. So good. Such an honor and a privilege. And um, I just believe the Holy Spirit to be on this podcast as you guys move forward and um, work out the calling that God has for you for this. And I just speak prophetically into it, saying, increase in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jesus Magnet Podcast. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you connect with us. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram. And if you want to support us, be a member of our coffee club, Jesus Magnet Coffee Club. See you next time on the Jesus Magnet.